amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Blog Talk Radio. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. You already know what time it is. It's that official time. When we take this worldwide. So now it's time to turn it up Surf the radio waves as we begin to burn it up We all up in your area like landscape Definitely bringing you the power slamming pancakes It's the mandate that you tune in It's time to move out so we can move in And recognize that this is no illusion I'm here to clear the air so that there is no confusion It all started off in the book of Genesis When Jacob was wrestling with who he thought was his nemesis And when the man saw he couldn't overpower him He touched his hip but he really could have devoured him and from that point, then we hear a name change, rearrange the game, so now we gotta change lanes. Uh, so I'm here to let you know it's time to listen to the Pancake and Power Slam show. Let's go! Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam show. Uh. It's an awesome day. Why is it why is it an awesome day? Because it's Tuesday nights and it's pancakes and power slams, ladies and gentlemen. We've been here for one hundred and sixty weeks. You should know by now that pancakes and power slams is the place to be. We have fun. We have tons of fun and we always have our friends over at WeAreWrestling.net. Ladies and gentlemen, they live stream a bunch of knowledgeable wrestling fans who are clamoring for some trivia, and I'm going to give it to them. Matter of fact, I'm going to give it to them right now. So, Pancakes at Power Slams chat room, wearewrestling.net live stream, and Twitter live, uh, Twitter at Crave Wrestling. First question is. What was Buddy Roberts' nickname from the Fabulous Freebirds? What was the nickname of Buddy Roberts from the Fabulous Freebirds? There you go. There's the first question of the night for everyone who's listening. And thank you again. I, I tell you what, you know, you have some people who, quote, unquote, mated, uh, and, you know, they've been 
they, they they've been you know doing what they've doing for years and they make it and then you know they don't they 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 their their sense of gratitude uh, tends to diminish and unfortunately you know they kind of uh, step on the people that's uh, been that supported them all the way but ah uh-uh, ah as uh, the the, the the Rock would say, and as uh, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin would say, ah, ah, n- that, that's not what happens here at Crave Wrestling. That's not what happens at the Pancakes and Power Slam show. We are continually grateful for everyone who's listening to us through all of the avenues, through Bleacher Report, through PWMania.com, through, of course, RealWrestling.net, and through all the other media outlets that uh, has spread our Pancakes and Power Sims. Of course, iTunes sponsor, you know, subscribe through iTunes. You get to listen to every episode. There's a every single episode from 1 to 160 is there at your uh, availing if you subscribe to iTunes, every single episode of Pancakes and Power Slams, every single interview, every single Flavor of the Week topic, every single trivia question for you to listen to at iTunes, and be sure to subscribe uh Pancakes and Power Slams on iTunes, and be sure to tell all your friends and your family, Pancakes and Power Slams, Tuesdays are, it, Tuesday will not be the same without Pancakes and Power Slams, and I have my boy Derek to agree with that because I know that he's on board. I know that he is a member of the infectious high that Pancakes and Power Slams gives us wrestling fans. I'm a slice of that, and I want more, is what you're saying, and is what everybody in Pancakes and Power Slams universe is saying. I mean, this is the nonstop of wrestling, anything. comes to trivia, just talk. I mean, we go on for almost 50 minutes of just nonsensical what-ifs and how-about-this and that, and let's explore this. And we go off topic all the time. This is something that you just, it's unpredictable. We we have a set where we go over things. We'll do this and this and this and this time frame. But we we can never go by it because things pop up and then it's like all of a sudden, okay, this is a throwdown. Who was better? What was this and that? I mean, this is wrestling at its best. We love it. We breathe it. We bleed it. We smell like it sometimes. But uh, pancakes and power slams, ladies and gentlemen, we are wrestling. We're on there. Get in the chat room. Say whatever you want. Trump us. Try to give us uh, some questions, comments, concerns. But uh, it's nothing but a roundhouse of fun. Chris Featherstone is in charge. Absolutely, sir. And thank you so much for being the best co-host of the planet. And, uh, yeah, man, let's have some fun. So, again... I'm surprised that I haven't got any tweets or messages from the Pancakes and Power Samps chat room or the We Are Wrestling .net chat room. Uh oh, have I have I stumped have have I stumped the 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 crowd here? Is is that what's going on? Again, I said, who is the Buddy Roberts? What was his nickname? What was his his stage name. So, yeah, what, what was his stage name? And, and, and let us know. 
Ladies and gentlemen, we get to a raw, and of course, you know, if, if we, if somehow there's not enough people, and, and we don't get the right answer, and of course, you know how it goes. This hasn't really happened a lot at all uh, within the past, at least this year, and, and I would say even late last year as well. Um, people usually beat Derek to the punch. So, yeah, for sure. And But so far, though, so far, we've been seeing some uh, – we haven't seen anything. It's been it's been stalled. We hit people – I think I might have stumped people on the first question. How about that? That's a, that's a very that, – that's a rarity. But Albany, New York hosted Raw yesterday. Ay, ay, ay. I, I tell you what, man. I was there. There was so much about, and of course, and of course, before we get to Raw, um, we got our big announcement coming up here soon. We got two guest hosts. We got one for next week, former Intercontinental Champion, and we have another one for the week after, former X Division star. So uh, that is your hints for the. Uh, for the for the big announcement that I'm going to make here within the show, two guest hosts. This is the first time in three years that we've ever done this. We've had like alternate weeks, like uh, you know, week on interview, week off, week on interview, week off, and we've done it that way. But this is the first time in Pancakes and Power Slams history that we've had that we'll have two consecutive guest hosts uh, on the show, and uh, you know, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, it takes a lot to to get the interview together, but uh, we're we, we're getting a lot of inquiries. We're getting a lot of people who are interested, and and uh, you know the team goes out and and uh, I, I do a lot of the uh, the grassroots, the groundwork to bring some people in, and um, and you know they <clears throat> a lot of people uh, a lot of people have heard about the show uh, even before uh, they say yes to it because. Uh, We've had some fantastic interviews uh, in, in the past, and so yeah, I mean, um, it's 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 a such a humbling honor to really spend time talking and interviewing the people that I've interviewed, and especially the one that's coming next week. I'm really really excited about this interview. I think this may be possibly the most controversial interview that we've had so far. I know Tyler Rex. Beats everybody out the out the gate as far as uh, his comments on, uh, you know, said wrestlers um, back at back then during the interview, but uh, you know, I, I definitely think this one here, yeah, th- this one this one is is definitely going to uh, turn some heads and and, and call some and bring some attention um, to to the interview. So I'm looking forward to it, and then the week after that. Uh, we also have another person. We have a former X Division star that I'm looking forward to interviewing as well. Um, he's one of the front runners of an upstart promotion that I'm going to uh, plug on, on the interview and, and let everybody know about. And there's some controversial things to talk about when we talk as well, so I'm looking forward to that. And, of course, the Flavor of the Week topic for this week is Best Masked Man. Uh, we we uh, have to to honor, you know, uh, the it was supposed to be during a week after the Patriots interview, the three year anniversary. We we're going to do best masked man, but uh, the London crowd 
uh, was so infectious and so you know rowdy. Uh, we talked about SummerSlam 1992 last week uh, because it was also in London, but it was not in the O2 Arena. It was in Wembley Stadium. Um, so this week we're going to talk about Max Man, and of course, as we do every month. We have predictions, so we will have predictions of extreme rules, so be sure to stay tuned for that. All right, let's get into Raw, Albany, New York. Uh, I think it was like a Smarkville light. It wasn't uh, as bad as, uh, you know, uh, Brooklyn's kind of bad, but it wasn't as bad as, you know, New York City and uh, the, the Jersey crowd. It wasn't that bad. So, um, Jack, um, that is the that is the answer that we. Uh, no, I, I'm not going to give you that because uh, you know Michael P. S. Hayes would call him be, uh, Buddy Jack Roberts all the time. But um, uh, Mar- Mark Lorenz, when when he when he announced him at uh, uh, World Class Championship Wrestling, he called him this. It, 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 this was his nickname, you know. Uh, Michael PSAs would say, but you know, Buddy Jack Roberts. He would say Buddy Jack Roberts all the time. But when when Mark Lawrence uh, interview uh, in, announced him, he would call him this nickname. So, um, what what is that answer? What what is that answer? Jack is was a part of his name. So, um, not 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 the correct answer so far. I'm going to give it one more chance, and I'm going to give it to Derek. Um, you guys cannot let Derek answer before you do. Um, if not, Derek will get a point for tonight. All right, so we have uh, Randy Orton. We have Randy Orton um, entering promo inside a steel cage, interrupted by Seth Rollins. Um you know, this was Seth Rollins was a part of the opening, and uh, you know that, that was normal, as as we see just about every week for the Raw. More build between Orton and Rollins makes sense. It's the it's the main event for Extreme Rules, but for some reason, I don't know if I don't know if the shock value was so high for WrestleMania. But I don't know what it is about this build, this month build so far, but it just seems so lackluster and, and lackadaisical. It, it just doesn't seem very exciting. I mean, I, I don't I don't know exactly what it is that's that's really not causing this build to be. I mean, nobody really. It's it's not very exciting to me. Probably because, of course, with WrestleMania, you had Taker coming back the first time in a year, and after the streak ended, of course, you had my favorite build and my favorite part of the um, WrestleMania season, Sting being involved. And, you know, you had those type of things, Roman Reigns being in the main event, Brock Lesnar being in the match. Of course, I understand. But it just goes to show, and I think I'm going to write an article about this on Bleacher Report, it just goes to show people always complain about part-timers, but part-timers really is the, I mean, 
they, they at the end of the day, part timers are the go to people to really put that extra layer on pro wrestling in the WWE. I mean, it's just something you really can't deny because you're going into extreme rules. If you had this type of build, this type, you know, with full-time wrestlers, if you had this type of build leading into WrestleMania, it would not be as exciting and, you know, spectacular as it would be with part-timers involved. I mean, it's just something that... We can't. Triple H is a part timer. Sting's a part timer. Taker's a part timer. Brock Lesnar's a part timer. Those four big names were a part of WrestleMania, and without them, it it just wouldn't be WrestleMania. It'd just be another minor pay per view. So, for all those people who complain about part timers, yeah, you know WWE gives part timers too much, and part timers bury the the talent who's been wrestling there. Yeah, but and I did write an article about this, uh, I think probably a year or two ago, that I said, like it or not, it was called, like it or not, part-timers sells tickets. Uh, part-timers sell tickets. And, and I was you know, talking about Lesnar, I was talking about Rock, I was talking about The Undertaker, and you can't deny it. I mean, Orton and Rollins is going to be a good, solid match. It's going to be a fantastic match. But it does not draw any luster more than Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. Not, you know, I'm a Roman Reigns apologist, but more of the more because of Brock Lesnar and you know Taker and Bray Wyatt. That you know, the bill wasn't that strong, but it was the Taker part timer. So you really can't complain about part timers in their spot in the WWE because they are really the money drawers and the attention getters. Uh, Orton and Rollins is going to be good, but the promo that began, you know, the promo that started the show was decent, but you know, it, it left it left to it left much to be desired. Uh, it leaves a lot to be desired. I think you're almost you're going to have to remind me that Extreme Rules is on this Sunday because I might forget and I watch The Simpsons <laughs> or in uh, you know Fox or whatever. So. Um, this is the age of part-timers in the WWE. You bring up a great point, and it's there's you can't have great shows without these part-timers. They do add the luster because it's almost like when you go to see them, it's like I don't know when I'm going to be able to see them again. I can see Rollins at every show. I can see Reigns at almost every show, and it's but these guys. I mean, this is a ticket event. This is you know Bruno San Martino's in the house, you know, or Hulk Hogan or whatever it is. So it's almost, yeah. even though they did regular shows and everything, but, I mean, it brings that luster to it that it lacks, lackluster. So mm-hmm. definitely on board absolutely. with that. Yep, absolutely. So we get uh, Dean Ambrose versus Luke Harper in a no contest. Uh, they both brawl on stage and Harper retreats. Ambrose, and we'll get to predictions later. Ambrose versus Harper, it's a it's going to be a good match. And uh, like I said before, you know I've I've followed their matches in the Indies when you know it was John Moxley and Brody Lee. You know I've seen their matches in the Indies. It's a good you know they 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 have good chemistry together. They they wrestle and they have you know, they they wrestle good against each other. I, I get it, but again. This is this is probably the most pointless one of the most pointless matches 
at least the top two or three in the top two or three pointless matches and pointless feuds that is going on right now in the WWE. Neither one of these None, neither one of these wrestlers has any type of direction going with them, and so they just kind of caught an audible and just said, okay, let's just have Dean Ambrose and Luke Harper feud against each other, but for no reason whatsoever. And, of course, Daniel Bryan is, you know, suspected to, um, you know, not participate. He's rumored to not participate. He's, he's scheduled against uh, uh, News Barrett. But we'll get we'll get to Daniel Bryan's health here in a minute. But if Daniel Bryan indeed does not compete because of his health at Extreme Rules, we have to have a Chicago street fight between Ambrose, Harper, and Barrett for the title. It has to be that 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 would be the saving grace. And I hate to say this because on account of Daniel Bryan, but. That would be the only saving grace of anything involved with Luke Harper and Dean Ambrose because that match is going to be good, but it has no direction. And Daniel Bryan even having the title for a month elevates the title. And so that helps. And so if someone like Dean Ambrose gets it, you know, if – if he gets it, if they change the match to Barrett, Ambrose, and Harper in a Chicago street fight, and Dean Ambrose wins, I think that would help the title. So, whatever happens, and we'll get we'll get to Daniel Bryan more, you know, later. But something has to go on between Harper and Ambrose as far as some type of direction. Something number one contenders match would would have been even better. Something could have been could have been a stipulation with this match. Otherwise, it's going to be pointless. And the bad thing about it is, and, and, and the bad thing about it is, I still kind of feel like we probably won't see the last match. This, I, For some reason, I believe this won't be the last match between Harper and Ambrose, and that makes it even worse to me. It makes it worse because, again, I mean, the outcome of it's going to be pointless. The feud's going to go nowhere. I just want to see these guys wrestle. I mean, actual wrestle. Street fighting's fun. It's great. I mean, the jeans and T-shirts. But, I mean, these guys, I mean, they can throw down. I want to see them do that. I mean, you haven't seen Ambrose, I think, really put on what he can do other than kick and punch and you know, monkey flips or whatever else he's doing. Same thing with Harper. It's It's... They've got so much more that they could offer, but the WWE wants them just to be brawlers and fighters, and I'm. It's it's, it's kind of turned me off, and it's kind of made it's made Ambrose an afterthought, especially when his other buddies in the Shield are, you know, main eventing, and you know he's just yeah I'm doing this with you know Mr. Harper. It doesn't make sense to me, and it's boring. Nothing's going to come out of it. I mean, it's just talent that they have. The WWE has that they're just not using. I mean, you let these guys you know, just go toe-to-toe, not be a street fight. Just come to the ring and duke it out like like the way it should, or at least transgress on that. Just kind of drop a street fight. It's not, you know, it's been done before. Yeah, yeah. And, and again, you know, I, I'm, I'm pro Dean Ambrose. I like him. I like his gimmick. I think his gimmick is good, 
but just what they're going to do with him and, and what what they're doing with him or what they're going to do with him, what it, what it seems like going to do with him in the near future, it just seems like he has such a, a ceiling on his on his kids. It's just so it, it's so sad to me because he he's over. People people like the guy, but unfortunately. It, it, it's just so sad about what where he's at right now. It seemed like he had some promise when he was when he was the only person feeding with with Barrett, but unfortunately, there's nothing going on with the guy now. So, and then you know, uh, as far as Luke Harper is concerned, I mean, yeah, I I, I don't see anything with him at all. I mean, it's about that time for them to really start a wide family to, for the wide family to get back together. I mean, Rowan's doing nothing. He had a he had a spot with Heath Slater sitting down on a table. That was his spot. And, you know, I think the idea of Rowan being a babyface was was a good idea, but it means nothing. It meant nothing. He's had no type. I mean, the they threw him in the in the Survivor Series team last year, and it was okay. You know, it was okay to to think to, for him to be a part of it, but really after SummerSlam, you know, nearly six months ago, it was actually five months ago, he's done nothing. He's been he's he's lost to Bray Wyatt as much as I can say the and nothing. He's had a few with Big Show. Big Show could have put him over. Big Show could have had a few with him uh, as far as helping him as a character. But how in the world are you going to have a a new, relatively newer person, uh, especially if you have a uh, a brand brand new fresh face turn? Why would you have someone freshly turn face just to be in the feud with Big Show, which is a good person that could have put him over, but he loses. So it doesn't make any sense at all. And I I really don't know what they're going to do with Eric Rowan uh, coming up here soon, and, and it's really sad. All right, Derek, you got a chance to steal. Who was nicknamed... Who was Buddy Robert? What was Buddy Roberts' nickname? I remember him as Jack. I... Jack no. Daniels. No, Buddy Jack. Oh, you're reading. You're reading uh, answers from the uh, rearrest.net well, I... uh, live chat now. Um, no, unfortunately, no. Um, he, his nickname was the Toast of the Coast. The Toast of the Coast, Buddy Roberts. Yeah, well, like, who 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 can who can not who can forget about that? Come on now, toast of the coats, man. Next I'm question. Yeah, yeah, but I don't I don't know what that has to do with world class championship wrestling. Uh, what what? Let's see here. So the next question is. How many championships did Drew McIntyre have in the WWE? How many championships did Drew McIntyre have in the double-double E, as uh, my boy um, 
Vladimir Kozlov would say. Double, double E. Next, we have New Day defeating the Lucha, Lucha Dragons by Countout. And, of course, this is awesome to me because I'm a New Day guy. Um, but, again, you know, how are you going to kind of blur faces and heels I, I cannot stand, and, and, and it's making me so upsetting. It, it's, it's upsetting me so much that they are blurring the lines between babyface and heel, and not not so much blurring the lines, but more it's it's more of a your face this week and your heel, you know, this week because we have no clue of what to do with you. And it's just, it's absolutely ridiculous to me that we're seeing that. And we'll get to the divas here in a minute. But there's reports going around that Kid and Cesaro uh, may be may be uh, kind of pushed as baby faces just for the uh, extreme rules. And because they don't know because they were over in the European tour. Of course they would be over in the European tour because Cesaro's European. <laughs> what in the world would you expect? Oh, I just would you expect them not to be over? It just I do not understand how in the world would just okay, yeah, he's over in the European tour, so let's just go ahead and, you know, make him make him Baby faces. You have to build people into being baby faces. I mean, that's just the way that you have to. That's really going to make people over. And for some reason, it just makes absolutely no sense to me that 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 would happen. Now, I'm happy that New Day, you know, had the opportunity to, um, you know, to 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 be a part of uh, the, the they had an opportunity to be a part of the title match. You know, I'm, I'm totally happy about that. And, and just a new day, at least they're getting some type of, um, you know, personality, so to speak. At least that's happening, which is good. You know, the whole new day sucks chance. At least that's getting them over as kind of like heels, but not really you know, meaning to be heels. So they're they're getting some personality. They're getting some, you know, people, at least they're getting some type of reaction. But, you know, I really don't know what to expect, you know, with with uh, what they're going to do. <laughs> I really don't know as far as Ken and Cesaro. Tyson Kidd is a really, really good heel. He plays a heel really good. Cesaro, I would even say, you know, Cesaro is a good heel. They they had their mo- they had their time, they had their chance for uh, Cesaro to be a face. You know, was it a couple years ago? <laughs> but I think they're like, or last year at least. But I would think they're, you know, quite some about at least nine or ten months too late. So I really don't know why they're just kind of blending in this week your face, this week your heel. That does not help with establishing someone's character at all. I think it's a horrible idea. 
I'm happy that New Day won, but you have, I mean, if you're going to build Kid and Cesaro, I mean, go ahead and build them. Either they're going to be faces or heels, and we haven't even seen a a a, a good face turn to think that they're otherwise. It's just, I, I'm confused. I just don't understand it. Yeah, it's hard to figure it out. I like them as a team, and I mean, whatever they do, I'll try to stay behind them. You know, the Lucha Dragons, I mean, they kind of came out of nowhere and kind of sparked the, the tag team division for a while. You know, the Usos are going to be out, so you got to see what that's going to go on. New Day, I'm still you know, kind of bored with them, have been. Nothing uh, exciting for me. But with the Cesaro and Tyson Kidd, I mean, they are a great team together. I mean, I'm still glad they have the titles. Still hit or miss. And I mean, honestly, I think that's the way the tag team division's been for a while. It's just hit or miss. And it's one week it's good, the next week it's bad. You might have three weeks that, okay, it seems promising, and then it just kind of goes back to, you know, well, whatever, they're going to do something different next week, so who cares? But, you know, you've got the teams together and in place, and yet right now I think you have the three best teams that you could have in the division of you know, what you have in the tag team now. So, yeah, we'll, again, we'll see what happens next week in Extreme Rules. Not too exciting, but it, it is what it is right now. Yeah. I agree. And uh, I definitely think that um, <clears throat> just New Day have, like I said, just New Day having an opportunity to, to be a part of, you know, the <laughs> the, the, the night is, is awesome. And I'm loving I'm I'm excited to see where it's going to go. I I really am excited to see where the new day is going to go and if this if the crowd with the whole, you know, chant if eventually they're going to get enough heel heat to just be more we've definitely definitely seen more aggressive, but you know, I was just thinking during the show, doing doing raw that for so long, people were talking about Kofi Kingston, you know, being heel. He needs to turn heel. He needs to turn heel. He needs to turn heel. And then all of a sudden, he's heel now, and you say, you know, and, and you're jeering him. So I just don't understand that. So there's a part of me who's there's a part of me that's going to believe soon that the new day. They're going to be so heelish, and this is just smart logic here. They're going to be so heelish that they're going to start getting chance. <laughs> there's a part of me that I mean, they're going to start getting support, and there's a part of me that just believes that that's going to happen. Uh, so, and great job. Uh, Drew McIntyre held the Intercontinental Championship and the tag team title, so the answer is two. Great job. Uh, let me one up. Who was his tag team title partner? And of course, that's major easy. But who was his tag team championship partner? Next, we have your boy. Uh, well, of course, you get Randy Orton RKOing Woods and Kingston post match. There's a part of me that believes that uh, somehow we're going to get Biggie and Randy Orton as just a throwaway match. You know, either. I don't know, either next, uh, I don't even know, I don't want to spoil SmackDown, but uh, I, I definitely can see Big E versus Randy Orton happening uh, soon. So, yeah, and, I, and I, I would like that, 
I would like that because I think it's a good way to I mean in the coming months I think it's a way good way to bump the New Day up as stronger heels uh from New Day, you know, Big E feuding with Randy Orton and it takes Randy Orton outside of the outside of the tag team uh, outside of the, the title picture. So, yeah. All right, so ladies and gentlemen, uh we yeah, Drew, uh, Drew held the tag team belts. I don't remember that. Uh, is what we were getting from the Real Wrestling .net chat room. Um, don't see an answer yet. He held the tag team title with uh, Cody Rhodes. Uh, not didn't have a very long uh, reign, but he he held the championship with Cody Rhodes. That was uh, Cody Rhodes' second. Um, that that was that was Cody Rhodes' second reign, and the next trivia question was: What was his first reign? What was Cody Rhodes' first tag team title reign? Next, we have your boy Fandango defeating Curtis Axel. I don't know how long we have left with. The Curtis Axel Axelmania. I, I I don't know. I liked it. It was cool, you know, for a little bit, but I don't know how long Axelmania lasts. You know, if he would have won, if he would won like the Andre the Giant Battle Royal or something like that, or got some type of feud going on with somebody, somebody in one a couple matches, or maybe even turn it into a babyface run. It would have had more steam, but you know I've talked to a lot of my colleagues and and even said this on the show before. I really think this is Curtis Axel's last attempt to be somebody, and it was good, you know, for a couple three months. You know, the the Royal Rumble was three months ago. It was good for three months, for maybe two and a half, but uh, uh, sadly I don't see much going on again uh, left with Curtis Axel and I and I really think that he would do much much better kind of reviving his career going down to NXT Curtis I mean he he, he did that about a couple months ago you know he had a yeah he had some good matches down in NXT he went back down there and used it kind of to kind of rebrand him a little bit but he got he came right back up, did the whole Axelmania thing and it was good while it lasted, but I'm just really sad to I'm just really sad about this because Axel's done. I just the Axelmania's getting stale already. There's the the most charisma that he's ever shown, but I really don't know what to do left with with Curtis Axel and, and sadly I think that there. I think that Fondango. I know Fondango's your boy, but I think Fondango's face run is kind of thrown together, and I think it's too late. Honestly, people, you know, just the font. People are still Fondangoing because it's like something you have to do. Like Fondangoing is, it just comes with the territory. When you hear the Fondango song, you just have to do the Fondango dance, but. It really goes to show how much the WWE really cares about Fandango 
because when he beat Curtis Axel, I don't know if you noticed it or anybody listening, you know, through rearwrestling.net or, or blog talk radio or um, uh, Twitter or Facebook. I don't know if you noticed it, but yes, the, I noticed the, it. The, uh, the the music when 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 Fongo won the. The the second version of his music with Rosa Mendez came on for a little bit, and I was like, okay, wait a minute, what is this? And then when they played the replay, they hurried up and turned it back to the Fandango music because when Fandango celebrated, you can tell if you have it on your DVR, you know, go to that moment. You can tell Fandango was ready to do the Fandangoing dance, but the kind of salsa music came on. And he was kind of confused. And then, you know, it just goes to show how much they really care about building Fandango. Really didn't make much sense at all. So, yeah, sadly, you know, I think we witnessed these two people, their gimmicks, you know, face turn for Fandango is something different, but I don't see it going anywhere. And I certainly don't see Axelmania having a... Uh, 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 any type of you know push at all other than jobbing out and keep saying Axelmania. Good job before I let you uh, uh, chime in on this, Derek. Good job, Hardcore Holly. And uh, we also have a comment saying that Curtis Axe was a new Santino. I wouldn't even say that because, I mean, I can see the comparison, but I would even say Santino's much on a much higher level than Curtis Axe because at least Santino during, you know, his run was multi-time Intercontinental Champion, won the U.S. Championship, and was Tag Team Champion, you know, during his run. Yeah, you know, Curtis Axel was Intercontinental Champion, and then Michael McGillicuddy was Tag Team Champion, but, you know, a failed run with Paul Heyman that just kind of threw him into a push that didn't work out, and then Michael McGillicuddy was just lost in a shuffle just because of his name, at least Santino was cheered, and, and Santino was a Royal Rumble runner-up. He was an Elimination Chamber runner-up. You know, Elimination Chamber, you know, a couple years back, a few years back, and the Royal Rumble. People were cheering the heck out of him, you know, as far as him almost uh, uh, eliminating Alberto Del Rio. And then, you know, Elimination Chamber, when it was down to him and uh, heel Daniel Bryan, people were going bananas for Santino. So, you know, I definitely think that Santino was definitely a, a higher ranking than Curtis Axel. But, man, I really don't know how much is left with Axel and it's sad because this is it for him, in, in my opinion. Yeah, well, we're done with Curtis Axel. That was that was boring. Axel Mania's dead. Fondango, and I noticed that. I was wondering if anyone else picked up on that about his music. And I'm glad Fondango. I wonder whose idea it was for Fondango to bring back his old gimmick. If it was him just saying, "Let's let me do this again," or if it was the WWE noticing that you know Fondango is not a main eventer, mid carder. Sadly, in my opinion, however. They saw something with him in his run that his Spanish run just didn't do. And when they played that last night, I mean, I would have gone nuts and started throwing chairs and cutting people <laughs> out. So, but uh, 
actual mania, it's done. I mean, it's run its course for sure. And we'll see what happens with Fondango. I'm going to hold on to it. He's come this far. So let's just keep the, the dream running. Uh, what dream? The the American dream? Dun, 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 dun. That's what the people want. No. No. I I would tend to disagree with that. I don't think people want Fondango. If anybody if anybody wants Fondango, feel free to you know let us know. But I don't think anybody wants Fondango. Sadly, you know I, I'm willing to I'm willing to give him a shot. I'm willing to give him a chance and see where it goes. But that's really the problem with the mid card division. And we saw that with Sheamus and, and, and Zach Ryder, which we'll get to. Oh my goodness. That was people like Ryder and Adam Rose and, um, you know, Fondango. I mean, people like that just, Oh, they, they really have nothing going for them and most likely will not for quite some time. And, it's funny, like, we used to have people like Barry Horowitz and Iron Mike Sharp that lost every match, but was known to be, and, you know, Special Delivery Jones, you know, people who were known to be jobbers, but they were they were, they were popular, but they were, like, glorified jobbers. And, you know, we always talk about, a lot, a lot of people talk about in conversations, yeah, they don't have jobbers anymore, blah, blah, blah. And I my my answer is usually yes they do. The WWE still has jobbers, you know Zack Ryder, Adam Rose, you know and and for a little bit Fondango, they were jobbers and Curtis Axel was a jobber. So yeah, you don't have you know the enhancement talent that you know goes against the road warriors back in you know 88 and just gets thrown all over the ring yeah you don't have that anymore but you still have jobbers there there's still people who are designed to lose every single match uh in the in the WWE and we we're, we see that every week so um absolutely uh and it says, I think he just played his original thing because the U.K. crowd were into it, and now that they're back to the States, would so be back to jobber status. Well, the thing is with that is that they played the the the, the Fondangoing music after they played the salsa type of thing. Um, it seems like they just kind of got it wrong, and he went back to the Fondango, and they started, they started uh, uh, dancing. And so, you know... Uh, it just seems like they just really don't care, honestly. They really don't have much investment going on with them. Uh so we'll see we'll see what happens with that. Next trivia question, ladies and gentlemen, what year did the Headbangers win their tag team championship? What year did the Headbangers win their tag team championship? Let's see what we have. First Tag Team Championship. Well, the first and only. They only had one tag team title reign. Um, so we'll, we'll that, that's the question on deck right now. Then uh, uh, there's a question. Who did uh, Barry Horowitz get his first win against? Uh, I believe it was Skip from the from the Body Donnas, if I'm not mistaken. I remember that. Remember that time. 
1998, that is not correct. That is not correct. Uh, whoever gets this answer correct gets a Barry Horowitz pat on the back. Yes, uh, I, I believe I believe people Google it or whatever you want to do, check it out. I think it was Skip. If I'm not mistaken, it, it was it was Skip from the from the Body Donnas or Chris Candido, whatever you want to call him. I believe that was the the, the first one. Uh, and yes, 1997 is the correct answer for the Headbangers. And then we get Triple H announcing Tough Enough. I uh, I put this on the uh, the Crave Wrestling, um, the Facebook site. Uh, be sure to check it out. It's all you know throughout the whole day. It's links and and posts and all types of cool stuff from the Crave Wrestling Facebook page. And so basically, Triple H announcing Tough Enough, June twenty third. You have your opportunity, Derek, to. Uh, wrestle again. So get your video tape ready and get everything ready for for Tough Enough. Uh, I know that you're going to try out and 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 uh, you know become a wrestler once again. So looking forward <laughs> forward to that. I uh, I've been told by a lot of people. I've been asked if I am going to do it. I I'm not. Uh, because uh, you know I, my family's more important than in my my solo wrestling career. I have a beautiful wife and, and two kids, and I uh, am in um, my PhD course is about to become a doctor. So as much as I want, as much as I want to wrestle, and I, and the thing is, I I, I I'm saying no now, um, but. I, I don't I don't see myself doing it. I I just don't see myself doing it. I got such an amazing you know career um, ahead of me, and and even now just you know just uh, what what I'm doing and what I'm on the road to do, and yeah, just just the the travel of wrestling. If I was a wrestler, I would probably have like a I would probably have an amazing five years of of like get like. I I would probably have a, an amazing five years of having the uh, most amazing push, and I actually got some people, some wrestlers who uh, can train me, and so I'm, I'm up to it. I used to amateur wrestle, so I definitely have a freestyle. I have a freestyle background, so I definitely could do that uh, as far as the the mat techniques. So, you know, I don't know, man. It's 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 a no for now. It's a strong no, but you know, I maybe my wife says, "Hey, babe, won't you uh, try out?" And I'm like, "No, okay." <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see where it goes. But it's a strong. It's a pretty strong no right now. So, how about you, Derek? Are you in? Are you are you going to audition for Tough Enough? Well, you see, I want to give everybody else a chance, but uh, oh, okay. Well, why not? You know, yeah. I mean, I can do some push-ups. I'll eat a couple cans of tuna and get back in there and uh, show everyone who's boss. But uh, I mean, I'm looking forward to the new season. I really am. I mean, I, I haven't really watched it the past few seasons. I mean, when Al Snow was in charge of it, or at least, you know, the head trainer, that was great. Miz was in it. I remember Maven, and he won. Oh, yeah. Uh, he came from there. Well, uh, what's his name? Joey Styles. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, Joey Matthews, that's the uh, it. That's announcer for 
Yeah, announcer for TNA right now. Uh, he was the guy that – he was Harvard. Uh, Chris Chris Nowinski. Nowinski, yeah. Chris Nowinski, yep. Uh, then you had uh, Nidia, um, who, used, who actually became uh, Jamie Noble's main squeeze. Me and my Nidia. <clears throat> so uh, she yep. won uh, with Maven, actually. And you had uh, uh, Shaniqua, um, <laughs> who was just a flash in the pan. She managed, uh, uh, what was the, the Basham Brothers. Man- managed the Basham Brothers for, for a hot second. That was probably the worst Tough Enough winner because they did nothing with her. Um, then you have, uh, who else won? Matt Capitelli. Who had a ton of, um, and of course, um, Johnny uh, John Morrison, and which, you know, had a pretty good career. But Capitelli had a had an amazing potential. Actually, did pretty good um, in the Indies and and in uh, the developmentals, and of course he uh, got injured and. Um, Actually, he had a an ailment and and, and unfortunately uh, had to retire. Uh, but yeah, I you know, but Capitelli's probably has one of the uh, most inspiring stories out of Tough Enough, and just really uh, um, you know got uh, he was in an unfortunate you know incident, unfortunate stance, unfortunate occurrence that caused him to retire and. Uh, you know, he, he uh um you know, just really committed himself to God and, and became a very devout and strong Christian, which, you know, as me myself, uh, can can respect the heck out of that. And so yeah, I you know, it's it, it was a very inspiring story, uh, for Capitelli. Uh who else won? Um who else was tough enough winners? Um then you have uh, uh, Andy Levine, who won the uh, previous Tough Enough. He was in NXT for a second and and, and got released. Um, anybody, any anybody else? If I'm missing someone, um, yeah, uh, good good call on that from we were wrestling on that uh, uh, live chat. Matt Morgan did try out for Tough Enough. Uh, if I'm missing any winners, let me know. As far as the, uh, as far as tough enough is concerned, I, I can remember. Um, I think Jackie Gata won uh, one year. If I'm not mistaken, let let me know about that. But I think it was one season that two, the two women won, and I think it was the um, the, the the season with uh, Shaniqua and Jackie Gata. If I'm not mistaken, I think that was the worst uh, tough enough season of all time. It was absolutely horrible. Remember Kenny King trying out for Tough Enough too, uh, as well. Um, there was a lot of people who tried out for Tough Enough who didn't. Uh, ODB, she was on the first season of uh, Tough Enough. I remember, uh, remember her trying out. Yeah, there was a lot of, uh, of course, uh, Skip Sheffield, who you know who became Ryback. I tried out and they showed that on Raw yesterday. Yeah, but if if I'm missing if I'm missing a winner, let me know. But I, as far as I remember, those were the winners. And of course, uh, Cameron she she tried out for for Tough Enough, and I think she was the and and I think one of the elimination rounds, she was down to the final two. And I think 
I think Austin asked her what was her favorite match, and she said something ridiculous like, uh, I don't even remember. I think it was something like uh, uh, Melina versus uh, uh, Candice Michelle or Best Fiend. It was, it was something just random. I don't remember who it was that, that she said, that the two people, but it was just really, really awkward and, and just like, I I just came up with that. But it's funny how how much of a reject she was for tough enough, but she ended up having a good spot. You know, now she's uh, you know, a decent uh wrestler in the ring. She's growing, she's maturing in the ring. But you know, you don't have to win tough enough to actually get a get a pretty good spot. So we we've seen that. So it's a, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to be interested to watch it. We, we might even cover it uh, as a an element of our uh, weekly, you know, um, analysis here on the show. Uh, we'll we'll see about that, and we may even talk about it every week. And then Kane appears, gives Triple H a notice. Um, Triple H tries to talk him out of it, and Rollins comes out and argues with Kane. I, and Triple H makes Kane the guardian of the gates for the Royal match at Extreme Rules, and then Seth Rollins reluctantly shakes Kane's hand. It just seems like this is going to lead to nothing. What I see is that, you know, they're they're teasing this Rollins-Kane crap, and it's really, at the end of the day, it's going to lead to uh, Orton about to come out, and, you know, I guess this is my prediction. This is my early prediction before we get to him. I can see Kane. I can see Randy Orton giving Seth Rollins some type of punt or something like that, since he can't do the RKO, and then him about to come out of the out of the cage, and then Kane just kind of does a, a Kurt Hennig to Ric Flair NWO days, you know, smash the cage on his face type thing and knocks him out, and then that causes Seth Rollins. This isn't really as much as I was thinking, like probably a week or two ago, that we might see some some glimpses of Kane turning face. I don't see it. It just at the end of the day, Kane's going to be an authority guy, and we're not going to see much of it. No, you won't. I mean, it's 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 boring. Oh, I'm going to be guardian of the gate. Who cares? I mean, when they announced that, I'm like. I mean, it was Triple H being all sentimental and uh, being on Kane's side last night. You know, sympathy for him. I mean, give me a break. I mean, we all know it's going to blow up in his face, or it's not going to blow up into anything. It's He's going to be out there. It's going to be a non-factor, I mean, really, as far as the outcome of the match goes. And it's just, it's like you said, it's going to go nowhere. I mean, yeah, it made Kane look tough for a few minutes last night when he was screaming in Rollins' face, which was fun. I enjoyed that. But it's going to go back to Kane being Kane and Rollins getting his way. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, here is another trivia question, and then we take a quick break. Big announcement after the break, and then we'll get to the State of the Divas division, which I'm going to spend some time on today. Next question is, who were the members of the Heavenly Bodies? Who were the members of the Heavenly Bodies? Think about that for a moment, and when we come back, we've got a big announcement for you. Bring what you got. The measuring stick just changed around here, buddy. You're looking at it. Four corners, three, our mind. Let's go. 
the whole squad is making it clear. We taking this year. You know who we are, but you don't know why we here. So this is where the big boys play. These big boys play like who defies the living God. Get out the big boys' way. Outsiders with the swoop in. We live as kings. You see in us, but our third man waits in the wings. And when the time is right, we shock him with the proper attack. I go for dolo, but ain't solo. Cut the promo in black. Hollywood Hendrix Frizzle pinning them to the max. And I'm Wonderkin with the strength of a hundred men. With one intent to see the will fulfilled of the one who sent his son to give himself. But you rap about your gas and your rags torture. White coffins when I drop a bomb. My mic's awesome. Never lost faith. You in all space. You can all skate, suffer, but never crippled. No bin walls in my cross face. From here to Saturday, Raven, anticipating. I was frostbit. Now I am Glacier, mixed with some Vader. Get to hawking with these animals, using God for my defense in Alabama. We jamming, that's beautiful. Bobby eating me and Priest. We the dangerous alliance, nah. The Harlem Heat, tie the do rag before we do battle. You're talking sheep, you are what you speak. This dude, till the number is took back. We repping that work pack. The foundation shaking, no mistaking. Yeah, we shook that. Trusting God, we trust. Pushing forward, never look back. Meekness ain't at all weakness. Some people mistook that. Stamping out this crook rap. He turning the power on. On the razor's edge. Leg drop after a power bomb. Tired of the lies, man. We bringing the truth through. Diligent and fruitful. The owners in our group, too. It's good to be king. Sold out this war is brutal. We playing them war games. Our army go move, too. You too. I'm in the Raptors with a bat in my hand. And stand to shatter all your plans so they don't matter. And the grand scheme is that easy. We tag teaming, sign the brothers, we love it, demand the win, establish it, this the clash of the champions. <laughs> this is where the big boys play, huh? We ain't here to play. Tom Pritchard, the doctor Tom Pritchard, and Gigolo Jimmy Del Rey, who unfortunately passed uh, late last year. Um, sad about that. That is the correct answer of uh, Sweet Stan Lane. Uh, we also have someone who uh, said Sweet Stan Lane, which if you want to go back to uh, uh, the uh, Cornette's uh, promotion, uh, Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Uh, you know, as a matter of fact, I think that uh, you know we're going to make that a Flavor of the Week topic. We're going to talk about Smoky Mountain Wrestling. We've talked about uh, AWA before. We've talked about GWF. We've uh, talked about uh, world-class championship wrestling. We're going to talk about some Smoky Mountain wrestling. There's a lot of people who came from Smoky Mountain that uh, Jim Cornette can uh, really... Jim Cornette can can really have some... Uh, and the Cornette's your guy, too. I remember you're a Cornette guy because he helped you out uh, in the Indies. Uh, but, yeah, Cornette, you know, could could could... Lay take credit for for some some people for for a number of people actually so one of them being Kane uh, when he was the Unibomb back in uh, in in Smoky Mountain Wrestling and um, I remember hearing a shoot interview from from Jim Cornette uh, not too long ago you know talking about uh, stories about the Unibomb and how they were having like a talent exchange. At the time, and, and Undertaker was going against uh, the Unibomb. Uh, the uh, Vince Vince allowed uh, Cornette to use some WWE talent, and so 
Undertaker came over and was going against well, Kane or the Unabomb at the time, and Vince uh, was impressed with his work and uh, his size and his build, and so he brought him over. Um, unfortunately, at that point in time, Vince had just a knack for just the strangest, strangest gimmicks in the world, and he became Isaac Yankum DDS, which had world champion written all over it, I suppose. But uh, thankfully, <laughs> Isaac Yankum didn't have a, a long shelf life, and he became Kane. So, very, very interesting, uh, very interesting story as far as Kane is concerned, and. Uh, just all the gimmicks he had to go through to, you know, have the tenure that he had in, in the WWE. Still, still, still going strong too. One of the only people from the Attitude Era that's still around. Yeah, I love Kane. Everybody loves Kane. And uh, flavor of the week is masked men. Kane's gonna be in the top three, top two at least. I mean, or at least number one. So I mean, we'll, we'll get to see. that. But uh, we'll see. But ladies and gentlemen, live from the Pancakes and Power Slam studio, we just want to say we love Kane. But uh, doggone it, he's gone through a lot. I mean, actually, just the tenure of that guy. I mean, yeah, he gets dumped on all the time, but he's still getting a steady paycheck. And I mean, what anybody who ever watched WWE for at least six months of their life, everyone knows who Kane is. Give it to them that way. Same thing with the big show. I mean, you get these guys, they just, they make look like fools every week, but, I mean, they've they put in their time, they put in their dues, and they're, they're safe on the show. <laughs> Interesting comment on the WeAreWrestling.net uh, live stream. A kid, as a kid, an evil dentist got over with me. <laughs> and, you know, it's so funny. I never thought, it, never thought of it in that sense that, you know, dentists were, um, <laughs> you know, dentists were meant to be, as kids, people were just scared of dentists anyways, and drilling your teeth and shooting you up with Novocaine. So, and even adults were scared of dentists, you know, having a big old Novocaine needle and just, you know, shooting your mouth away. So, yeah, it, it made sense for him to be an evil dentist. All right, next question is how many pay-per-view appearances did the gobbledygooker have? How many pay-per-view appearances did the gobbledygooker have? All right, ladies and gentlemen, as you think about that, um, big announcement, big big announcement. I'm so excited to, I mean, we've interviewed so many people in our three years. I could keep, I can go down a list, uh, but we don't have enough time. But uh, I will give a special shout-out to the people we've interviewed this year, which is Matt Taven, JTG, and the Patriot Dell Wilkes. Got two more in the Pancakes and Power Slam series. We got, for the next two weeks, we're going to have two guest hosts. Next week, I am so, so, so honored to announce that the guest host for next week will be former WWE Intercontinental Champion D'Lo Brown will be in the on the show as the guest host for next week. And then the following week, the guest host will be former TNA star Jesse Sorensen. So looking forward for the next two weeks, we're going to have so much content, so much amazing interviews, and so much amazing stuff to talk about the next two weeks with 
former Intercontinental Champion, former European Champion, former member of the Nation of Domination, Aces and Eights, whatever you want to say. There's going to be uh, obviously there's going to be a lot of content to talk about with D'Lo Brown. Very excited about his new project with his Wrestling Academy and. We're going to have a lot to talk about. It's going to be really fun. I'm excited about uh, him being a guest host. And then, of course, uh, with the controversial uh, neck injury with uh, with TNA and TNA with Jesse Sorensen, uh, we're going to talk about that uh, come in the next couple of weeks. Uh, he's going to be the guest host. So excited, very, very excited for D'Lo Brown and Jesse Sorensen. And with that, great job. Two pay-per-views, yes, Survivor Series 1990 and WrestleMania 17. So this is why, uh, you know, I love the Pancakes and Power Slams chat room. I love my, you know, my, my Twitter crowd, at Crave Wrestling. But I love the RealWrestling.net live stream. Uh, all of my friends, you know, can attest, you know, all my friends who love wrestling can attest to the fact that I love wrestling trivia. I absolutely love wrestling trivia, and I've shared the story before, and I'll give you a, a very Cliff Notes version of it. Uh, Derek and I met uh, going on six years ago, and uh, we, we met at a, a job working for a very, very, uh, the, uh, in the corporate office of a very, very big company, a very, very big fashion company. And uh yeah, I mean we would uh, we we worked there and we spent most of our day, like the entire day, uh giving each other wrestling trivia. Now I completely just murked him in wrestling trivia. He's not but they, but 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 he's good though. You know, he's he's good. Uh but I uh, you know, I I he he couldn't stand a chance with me, but you know it was it was fun. It was it was a, I looked forward to coming to work uh, for that. You know for for wrestling trivia all day, and we were, we sat next to each other, and we would literally write a page. Uh, I'm talking about a, a legal pad. So you're talking about you know not eight and a half by eleven, but you're talking about legal pad size. We would write a full page of wrestling trivia and swap it to the next person. And then the person would answer it and then write the page and then swap it. And that happened, you know, all day. <laughs> that happened all day. We worked together for about four months. Uh, and so, yeah, it was it was very, very fun. So I absolutely love trivia, love, love trivia. Um, so uh, very, very clever. Going to get the lowdown on PNP next week. This is why I love the WeAreWrestling.net live stream. Awesome people there. All right, so next trivia question is, what did Heidenreich call his poems? Uh, what did Heidenreich call his poems? And, yes, we are going to talk about the chest protector comment on the uh, WeAreWrestling.net live stream. We are going to talk about the chest protector, which I'm very excited to uh, talk about. So D-Lo Brown on the show next week is going to be awesome. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the Divas Division, the State of the Divas Division, Naomi, Brie Bella, ah, absolutely ridiculous. I, you know, I've said this about the Divas Division the past couple of weeks, and 
it makes absolutely no sense. And this, it, and I, I had to tweet about it. The state of the Divas division at this current moment is absolutely atrociously horrible. Why? Because going back to the whole flip-flopping thing, you have to establish someone's character as a face or a heel. It doesn't matter what the fans say as far as if they cheer, if they boo, if this person is established to be a face or a heel, make them that. That's the reason why John Cena has been the man for, you know, over a dozen years now. Well, at least you know, close to a dozen, really 2004 is when he became began his rise as a main eventer. So nearly a dozen years on top was not because of the fans' reaction. It was because he established himself and he created his identity as a babyface, no matter if you liked him or not. Now, why in the world would you have Naomi, who still has these some call my mama song does not fit in her heel persona at all she's a heel why would she feud against the Bellas who's been establishing themselves as a heel as a a heel tag team as a heel you know individuals for so long now they're like the biggest heels on the roster so why would you have Naomi turn heel just to feud with a heel champion? It makes absolutely no sense, and I just cringe when I look at the Divas, not because of their appearance, of course not because of their appearance, and not because of their athleticism, not because of their ability, but the lack and the 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 lack of interest, really, it seems like, within the booking committee regarding the Divas division is just so ridiculous to me. I, I It makes no sense. It's ridiculous. And NXT just totally blows the Divas division out of the, out of the water. Uh, and it just, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. It makes no sense at all. And it makes no sense at all. And really it's, it's hard to even talk about it, and it's hard to say anything about the Divas division. It it sucks. It's, I'm, there's nothing. I don't want to waste too much time on it. And the NXT, I mean, their Divas division, again, blows them away. Bring uh, Charlotte Flair in. Do, do something. I mean, Paige is gone for a while for a fake injury. I mean, AJ Lee, forget about it. She's retired. You'll never see her until she's inducted in the Hall of Fame five years from if now. That whatever. Happens. Yeah, if that happens, we'll see how, uh, how things settle. But it's 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 a travesty, and again, I don't want to waste a whole lot of time on it. Everybody who's seen it knows what we're talking about, or else they wouldn't be listening to this show. So yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, Roman Reigns and and, and Bo Lee's uh, segment was uh, pretty funny. Uh, a good way to get uh, Roman Reigns uh, some some. Try to give him some <laughs> some pops, although the Albany crowd were still giving him heel heat, which is go- you know it's going to happen. Sheamus uh, defeating Zack Ryder by disqualification. You know I, this, you know watching this just makes me just feel so sorry for people like Zack Ryder. 
Because, yeah, I understand, you know, and that's why I respect the heck out of Tyler Rex. Um, and we, we're still cool to this day, actually. And, you know, he, he said on the show, and he said before many times, you know, that he just had to go because he was just being thrown around and had no direction. And Zack Ryder is the perfect example. This guy is just a walking, breathing embarrassment. Again, not because of his ability, because he gained, you know, a million-plus Twitter followers by, you know, being a good PR guy with the, you know, uh, true Long Island story. But just their interest in Zack Ryder makes it so... It's 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 so embarrassing, and people still like Zack Ryder. You know, he was in his hometown, but they decided to just just totally devour him on behalf of Seamus looking good, like he had to look good. You know, and Ziggler making the save, but that really didn't do anything to try to you know, keep the dignity of, of Zack Ryder. It was it was embarrassing and it was absolutely ridiculous. It was ridiculous. And the thing about that is, you know Bowie's got facial hair now. Good for him. And uh yeah, interrupts Roman Reigns, are you kidding me? Of course I wasn't going to go anywhere. Seamus and Zack Ryder, that was such a pathetic show of, you know, whatever they're trying to do with Seamus. I mean he's still not believable. As a as a top guy, and they just can't do that with him with his heel turn. I mean, yeah, he's got a devastating kick. He always has, and he's always been a big white albino tough guy. But he's still that, and now they want to call him a boy and make him a. You know, it's, he's still the same Sheamus, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, and great great comment here on the chat on the uh, live stream uh, chat room. Zack Ryder shot himself in the foot by getting over by himself. He'll never be given a chance after going against the grain like that. Totally agree. Absolutely, one thousand percent agree. He's not a WWE manufactured person, and so he's going to receive the backlash of it. Pretty pretty, pretty much, you know, that's that's really it, and, and that's true. All right, Miz, uh, Cena defeating Kane, and then Miz defeating Miz Dow. I knew that Summary was going to turn on him. That that was pretty pretty evident. Uh, Ryback defeating Adam Rose. Um, I, I did. I reported on the Real Wrestling dot net. I reported on the Crave Wrestling Facebook page, and uh, Real Wrestling dot net uh, reported as well. Uh, uh, as far as Bray Wyatt, uh, who is he talking about with his cryptic promos? It's it's reported to be Ryback. I'll be okay with with the Ryback and and Bray Wyatt feud, um, just because they both. The, the only thing is they both need wins though. But Bray Wyatt's at this at the point right now that he can afford to lose because of his promos. Ryback can't. So I think I think it'd be a decent feud between those two. That'd be a great feud between the two, and I was kind of excited about that because they both have no direction. So let's put these two together and see what they can do. They have to make the most of this for both of themselves. They're just constantly being losers. And uh, it's the Miz and Miz Dow thing. That's I, I can see it's still continuing, but you know it's it's going to be almost watered down if they keep going too far with it. And again, I believe Ms. Dow or Damian Sandow is not going to have a whole lot after this if it really goes sour and the Miz gets all the accolades for it. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, Derek, do you know, do you remember what Heidenreich called his poems? Uh, I I don't, and I could have looked it up and Googled it. I remember him, and I remember, I can't, I just can't think of it. But once you say it, I'm going to punch myself. It, it was he called them the uh, disaster pieces, uh, yeah, not the masterpieces, uh, but the disaster pieces. Yeah. Okay. Lastly, we have Seth Rollins defeating Zack Ryder. Uh, excuse me, Dolph Ziggler. We had Seth Rollins defeating Dolph Ziggler. Rollins cuts uh, promo post match, and this is Kane. Kane appears, and Janza security stops him from coming to the ring, and then uh, he turns around as the cage was closing. Uh, only to see Randy Orton and go you know go back and forth with him. Randy Orton had most of the the offense, and then uh, an amazing RKL. I will give that to Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins can sell the heck out of something, and he, as we saw at WrestleMania, that springboard slingshot catapult RKL was probably the best we've ever seen. And this one was uh, not too far behind because this was amazing too. So, yeah, that was a good way to end, you know, the show. Um, good way to to really promote the, the main event for Extreme Rules. But, yeah, you know, it wasn't uh, it wasn't all that. It was okay. And then as far as the curb stomp uh, not being used is concerned, uh, you know, it doesn't it doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, you know, and I tweeted tweeted this. You know, of course, there's been talk, talks about the the curb stop not being used because uh, three people are suing the WWE for head injuries. But he had like some type of face buster DDT, and so I tweeted, "Okay, so the WWE logic is we won't let you do the curb stop when you're using your foot, but we will let you do a face buster DDT when you're using your whole body." So it just it made no logical sense, and you know typical WWE logic. It was it was a horrible looking finisher, and I, ho- I hope that that's not as marketable as the curb stomp. I had to be won over. The curb stomp had to win me over, but I definitely it be, definitely became a believable move. But now since uh, you know, and then there's been reports to say that it's not banned, but they're just kind of trying to shy away from it. Either way. The, the the move that he has now is just all bad. It's bad. The curb stomp was great. I like the curb stomp. It was, it was something simple. It's like sweet chin music. It's just real quick. It's impact. You get knocked out. The RKO, same thing. And uh, Rollins is probably the best person to ever sell that move. He's done it time and time again because every week on Raw, SmackDown, whatever show it is, Rollins and RKO. So... But uh, overall, I'd give Raw maybe a C average, C minus. I don't know. But the show ended on a a high note, if you want to call it that. Not a good show to go into Extreme Rules, but again, Extreme Rules is almost an afterthought. Yeah, unfortunately, I I, I agree with that. For the week, real quick, and then uh, predictions coming up. It is now time for the Flavor of the Week. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to name the all-time best Max wrestlers. Uh, we're going to go with Tiger Max 4. Had a uh, awesome uh, tenure in, in Japan in the 
80s until uh, now, actually. Uh, the spoiler was real big in you know the 60s, 70s, 50s, uh, 60s and 70s. Um, then you had uh, Dos Caras, which is the uh, the dad of, of Alberto Del Rio or Alberto El Patron. Uh, you had Kane, which speaks for himself. Jushin Liger, which is one of my favorite uh, Japanese wrestlers of all time. Mil Mascaris. Which is uh, definitely one of uh, uh, an amazing, you know, uh, just multi <laughs> cross country wrestler, cross national, international wrestler. Uh, Vader, uh, multi time champion uh, in, in many different countries. Vader speaks for himself. Mankind, uh, shorter reign, but definitely. Uh, one of the best mass wrestlers, Ultimo Dragon was the man in Mexico and Japan. Had like Murray coming to the came into the uh, WCW had like seven championships, and then of course uh, you know without without question yeah you know, that was the random order, but the number one is for sure uh, Rey Mysterio. So uh, you know. There is not much to explain about Ray Mysterio other than him being the most successful um, mass wrestler that we've ever seen. Yeah, Ray Mysterio is the most successful mass wrestler we've ever seen. That's great. I was never a big Ray Mysterio fan, but I, mean, I can't argue with the the fact. And you had a lot of New Japan wrestlers. You mentioned uh, Tiger Mask Four, absolutely phenomenal. And uh, Ultimo Dragon, like you mentioned, is great. Um, yep. I still would like to hear Kane from Kane, Justin Liger. Kane. But, uh, yeah, you got mass wrestlers. I mean, yeah, you got the whole Lucha Libre. You just, you, it's so hard to really pinpoint and say that this particular one is the best one. You know, Patriot, which, you know, bless them for being on our show. Yep. Mass wrestlers. Always seemed like they were hiding something. I don't know. To me, they just—I couldn't appeal to them as much. But uh, awesome list of Vader and Mankind. You cannot forget that Big Van Vader. He used to have like a whole helmet accessory with shoulder pads yeah. and everything he'd wear in the ring. So, and it blew smoke out of it, and everything. That was that was awesome. And of course, Mankind. Yeah. The many faces of Mitt Foley. So, I mean, mass wrestlers definitely have their place in their place in professional wrestling. Absolutely. Yeah, um, Jushin Liger, speaking of uh, Jushin Liger, he recently had a fantastic match um, against uh, against uh, uh, Jay Lethal um, at uh, RRH's uh, um, uh, event they had, and it was absolutely amazing. And uh, their match was good for the TV championship, and, uh, you know, Liger, he's been he's been wrestling for over thirty years, and he's still at it, man. Fifty years old, and 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 still still at it. All right, all right, real quick, let's get into the predictions. We have um, Ambrose and Harper. Who you got? Uh, I've got Ambrose. Ambrose as well for me. Uh, we have uh, Ken and Cesaro, the pre-show for Ken and Cesaro versus New Day. Who you got? Uh, Cesaro, Tyson. Yep, me as well. Rollins and Orton. 
or uh, Rollins. Rollins is winning. Yep. I got Rollins as well. Cena, Rusev. Cena. Cena, yep. Uh, Daniel Bryan Barrett is, is uh, Daniel Bryan is uh, reportedly out for a month, so we'll see where that goes uh, as far as an alteration of that. Ziggler, Sheamus. I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to go Sheamus. Yep, Sheamus for me. Nikki Bella and Naomi. Uh, who cares, Nikki Bella? Yep, I got Nikki Bella as well. Of course, I got my boy Roman Reigns beating Big Show. Who you got? Oh, of course, Roman Reigns. Absolutely, Superman punch. All right, ladies and gentlemen, D'Lo Brown, guest host for next week. I'm looking forward for you to join us next week. I'm looking forward for that. Until then, God bless. Have a good week. Daddy loves Eliza and Ian. Goodbye. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.